Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. We're back with the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We are at episode 153. 153, I'm your host, Josh Shelton, friend and co-host Ryan Ray joins me today. Ryan, uh, it's been a lot going on this week, man. Uh, LinkedIn's been acting a little crazy. Um, some some uh, some strange things going on in the market with negative oil prices for the first time in the history of the world. Uh, a lot going on, man. I, I've I've it, all the doom and gloom. It, it is making for good headlines. Uh, Wait, that was last Monday we recorded, and the prices went yep. negative. Was that was that was that last Monday? That was last Monday. How short a time shall change <laughs> the like world? Yeah. yeah. Wow, it feels like it's been a month since that happened. Okay, yeah, that was last Monday. So. Yeah, a lot's happened. So first thing, if, let's go back here. We sent out the bat signal for Speaker, and it feels like it took negative oil prices to revive him and to get him up and going. He is back. He finally got back to me uh, either Monday or Tuesday last week. Um, so we will we will save his um, his last message he sent me in case he never came back from the corona. Uh, he's not, he's not 100%, but he's feeling a little better. But he did send, I said, the people want to hear from you. And so he sent me a couple of lengthy messages that we will probably do some more speaker says <laughs> sessions maybe later this week, early next week. And so, um, uh, but he's back. He's uh, not, I don't think he's 100%, but he, he seems to be feeling better. Um, so that was that. That's so glad to hear speakers back. But speaking of folks with the COVID, it's getting out of hand, to be honest with you. I don't know if you guys saw or not. We got a, um, five-star well we got a one-star review which i don't think people understand that's against the rules so we need some more five-star reviews to offset that one-star review um but we got a five-star review here from uh cassie best girl casey best girl i know i can't read five-star review which is you know a given entertaining and informative easy way to learn about the oil and gas market without getting caught up in the technical jargon stephanie the intern's popularity seems to be on the rise if she can work through covid maybe we should elect Hashtag Stephanie for president 2020 instead. Stephanie, stop paying your friends to give us reviews. I, 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 I mean, the intern now is, is getting more love. I, I don't know. Listen, folks. Yes, she's recovered. Yes, she's doing fine. But don't feed the monster. Look what happened with Nate. Look, Rawr. Nate's a prime example of what happens when you feed this monster. So thank you for the five-star review uh if you are new we would appreciate some more as we did get a one star over the weekend i have a sneaky suspicion what caused that but that won't get into that here um we did but we get some five stars so some more five-star reviews we're at currently at 265 star reviews uh, a nice even 40 would get us to 300 josh and it's been 300 years since something happened so it's a 300 year anniversary to honor that we'd like to have 300 stars, right <laughs> this this day in history uh on this day in let's see 1720 it was april 27th of 1720 to commemorate that so, and something of that yeah someone someone was born someone died something insignificant and maybe something significant happened so to honor that please go ahead and slap on for 40 more five-star reviews to get us to a nice even honor the great leonidas uh of the spartans so <laughs> There you, there you go. Whatever, whatever reason you need. Yeah, we can find something. We can find something. Yeah, but thank you for the five star review. We do appreciate it. Um, Stephanie, my my understanding is up and well and back and going. So for all of her growing fan club now. 
it, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny if we get 45 star Stephanie is the best five star reviews. We're not gonna we're not gonna turn those down. So feel free if, that, if that's what it takes. We we are we are cheap. So yeah, I mean we pretty much have a, a low bar five stars. Yeah, five star. You can roast, you can roast joke until, or whatever until, you want to do. Roast, it's still roast month until July 15th. You can still lay it to us. So five star and just let us have it. So there you go. So one of our one of our uh, guests. Uh, Todd Staples, Texoga leader, was appointed to governor of uh, a strike force, um, GSF is what it's called, governor strike force. They will safely and strategically restart and revitalize all aspects of the Lone Star State according to the governor's website. It contains working groups in a number of different fields. So uh, specifically with energy, Abbott has has brought um, in this strike force to help mitigate some of the damage that's been done to the economy uh specifically as it relates to, to in, uh, the energy industry so um yeah i've never even heard of such uh, as a governor's strike force it sounds like like a like a military SWAT team, SWAT team. yeah so i think in staples uh, like a m16 and some you know, a helmet and, he needs uh, to do the the crenshaw eye patch with like an ak <laughs> and a photo yeah yeah, he's gonna be hardcore, man. Staples, watch out for that guy. He's on the strike force, so I, I can. I am not. I have not been asked to participate on this, um, but I will throw out my suggestion. That's never stopped me before. If you want to solve the oil and gas problem, open the economy. There, I said it. You can get it. You can put put that in the press. Ray says to solve the problem, open the economy. Um, that's a micro level. Macro level. That's not going to solve every single issue, but at the macro level, open the economy. Um, I will save the taxpayers dollars wasted for this strike force committee. Um, Abbott can you know, appoint me to some cabinet position if he likes. That's not necessary, but I would take it. Um, Trump can bring me on some economic advisory role, but essentially open the economy, right? I mean, like we're, we're it's almost, it's almost at this point, Josh, where you read what the government's doing. It's like, okay, got, got like what caused the problem was pretty simple. Like this is not one of those as, you know, were the banks back in the real estate loans was it with the bank, you know, was the government behind it? Was it the banks behind it? Was it people being careful? This one's pretty simple. The government shut down the world. Now opening back may not take you back to previous levels, but you can't get back there unless we do something we never done before um, and figure out how to work from home from everyone. So it seems that that's that's a simple solution. Am I am I am I underplaying this? Yeah, well, I'm. I'm it, it takes a serious IQ to realize that uh, the government kills a demand by shutting down economic activity, and yeah. and as complicated yeah. as it seems to get demand back, you just need people to start using oil and gas yeah. products yeah. again. Yeah. Um, no, no technical jargon there. Just just the basics. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. What does uh, that mean, Josh? For people to start using oil and gas products again. Well, um, there's drive a car more than once a year would be a good start. Yeah, driving a car, oh. flying, flying in an airplane, um, oh. riding the bus. Yeah, um, going to church. Uh, that stuff, stuff like going that. On vacation. Yeah, vacation. That's a that's a viable that's a viable option. Or um, those are just the small things. Maybe going to get maybe going to get lunch. Um, yeah, I guess you go into a restaurant, actually going inside and, and sitting down and, and eating. And and that actually brings the, the waiter to work there and then you get there and then right. um there's multiple people driving there, you see, and it um what no, and what you said there is is dead right. So if you say go on vacation, 
So if you're going from where we're at in the DFW area all the way down to, let's say, uh, Orange Beach, um, Alabama, that's like, a, I think, a 10-hour, 12-hour drive. Yep. Okay, so you got to fill up the tank twice. When you fill up the tank twice, so what happens is you go into a you know, convenience store, which those are already open, but you go into a convenience store. Sunflower uh, seeds. Buy, yeah. Right, you buy some sunflower seeds, some Diet Dr. Pepper, you know, snack. You also go through a McDonald's. Um, but if you're going on vacation, you're like us, you got a big family, well, we got to go to Walmart. We got to buy some um, you know, some food, some snacks for the hotel. Uh, when you get down to Orange Beach, um, obviously you're buying, you're staying at a hotel. Hotels are taking a beating right now. And so all the hotel workers are benefiting by you showing up and everyone else showing up, um, which means the, the, the vendors that serve the hotel industry, they're benefiting, which means their vendors benefit. So it's a, it's a, it's a very much a layered and ripple uh, effect. And that's why the, I said a minute ago, you know, obviously open the economy up may not solve all of everyone's problems, but it, it's the best way to start solving. It's the elephant in the room. I mean, that, that's, that's what we were saying about the, um, about you know, Trump's going to save the oil industry and they're going to, Saudis are going to cut oil production. And, uh, we see all, all this stuff going on. Well, if the people aren't yeah. out and about that, I mean, like you said, oil could be at, oil could be at zero. If, if, if it's not, if it, if the demand's not there, then nobody wants to, nobody wants to, to buy. So, yeah. Um, well, Todd Staples, Greg Abbott, you're welcome for that. That's free. It's on the house. It's on the house. Um, we do take donations here at the Texas Oil Gas Podcast. Starting about uh, $10 million. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we'll, mm-hmm. we'll take that. We could use some bailout money. I mean, we could, you know, we could use some bailout money. So they want to bail out a podcast, and uh, we're nominating ourselves for that, 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 that bailout money. So anyway, but yeah, I agree. And let me just pull up some numbers. I don't know if I sent this to you and uh, Nate this morning. I meant to. It's from the Dallas Fed. It came out just right before we got on. Um, Texas factory activity declined further in April, according to business executives responding to the Texas Manufacturing Outlook Survey. The production index, a key measure of state manufacturing conditions, pushed further negative from minus 35.3 to minus 55.3, suggesting the uh, the contraction in output has steepened since last month. And he goes on, and I don't know if I said this to you you guys. If not, I'll put it in there now. Um, But um, we put in the show notes. But you can go through and read this, and you can just look at what happens when uh, we start shutting down the economy is all of a sudden you get to a, you get to a point to where it's not just, it's not, as you were saying, Josh, it's not just um, one thing. It's multiple things, multiple things. And that's why I always encourage people to go read the book. I pencil that helps you understand is how dependent we are as an econ as a global economy. And so, um, so we have to open the economy back up or, um, yes, eventually the price will come back up if we keep like this forever. We'll all we'll just all be so poor we can't afford it. So there, there's your other option. So either way you want to go, Abbott and Staples. Good luck. All right. So petroleum inventories jump again as demand plummets. Basically, right in line with what we're saying. Uh, let's see. Commercial crude stockpile surged by 15 million barrels, putting inventories 9% above the average. Gasoline inventories climbed by 1 million barrels. They're 12%. Uh, they're 12% over the average for this time of year. So what they're saying is production has continued at a certain pace. Um, demand has dropped at a significant pace. And so we have mm-hmm. a lot of extra oil. And I, I wanted to go ahead and connect this article to energy transfer uh, is looking to stash oil in its line. So they found 2 million barrels of additional storage in some lines that they have, and they're trying to get approval from Texas to transfer the um, the status of the line so that they're able to store the store the the excess oil in in these lines. So uh, that 
see, this article came out on April 23rd. Uh, yeah. So that I don't know if they've actually gotten approval yet. Usually it takes a little while, but I figure maybe it could be expedited during, uh, during this time. I, I want to say, I want to say I saw something on this the weekend and they're still, they're still waiting to hear back. Um, and so I, I want to say that there's as of this recording uh, on the, the 27th, they're still not, uh, they're not in place, but I will say this. I, I was reading a piece this weekend from uh, Barron's maybe I can't remember. Anyways. And it said that, I'm gonna get the numbers wrong, but like either 70 or 80% of Cushing is full and the other 20 or 30% is already spoken for. So even though there might be physical barrels available to put into Cushing right now that they're already bought and gone. So they're not actually, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like saying, Hey, we have 16 rooms open at our hotel, but they're already reserved for tomorrow night. So we can't rent them out. Um, and so I don't know, assuming that that's true, then you're, you're, you're getting to a spot to where Cushing is, basically going to be filled up and you're going to see a lot of creative ways for people to, to hold, to, um, to store oil. Um, and I guess we'll see, you know, the next couple of weeks, you know, how, or a month or whatever it is, um, you know, how right they were. But the other thing, Josh, is that you're going to see, um, that, you know, they're talking about, if you remember, well, we didn't, we hadn't done a show since then. I've talked about so much. I feel like we've done a show. So last week when the prices went negative, you know, there was a lot of talk about, well, you know, the, you know, price in june and da 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 okay well the price in june right now is uh twelve dollars and fifty seven cents so it was 23 last week if i remember correctly so it's already dropped like 10 bucks um and so the june contract price is dropping so i i think that a lot of people wanted to kind of take the well it's in the world and then there's a pushback it's not in the world it's just this is what's going on my position was um is that the fact that it happened is a bad sign uh, I didn't know what what it mean for you know moving forward, but the fact that the May contract is down to you know twelve fifty six, and if you look out to the end of the year, it's only up to twenty seven twenty nine. Okay, and so um, and then as it stands right now, to March there's a, a price every month to March twenty twenty two is thirty three seventy eight. So you have a now I don't think by March twenty two twenty twenty two it's be thirty three seventy eight, but no one's willing to put a lot of money that's going to go up at this point uh, because we're just you know we're so far out, but for June, 1256. So if the storage continues to feel, you're going to see, uh, you know, weeks, months. So we're in earnings seasons right now. So earnings are coming out, uh, but you're going to start seeing, I think maybe a, a phase two, if we will, of companies, more cutbacks or, you know, they're shutting in whales or whatever. You're going to see a, a stronger reaction from the shell producers because the price, I'm not a trader. I'm not, you know, follow this stuff that closely um, to know, what the likelihood is, but I guess it's quite possible. It could go, you know, significantly lower again um, as we get closer to uh, the end of the May contract. Or, um, right now, it's at, it's at 12.57. So, um, you know, so anyways, so yeah, I, I think that, I think that we are, um, we're in a bad spot. And as you mentioned, um, you know, about, you know, kind of everyone saying Trump can fix this, someone can fix this. The only way to fix this is we have to open it up. And we're, gonna, we're just going to beat this drum until we open it up because we can't, we can fix it by making it, making enough cuts, right? So I'm not denying that. What I'm saying is at some point when you make enough cuts, you still have to have money to go buy the product. And so it is, there is a theoretical bottom where no one's working um, or, you know, only the essentials are working and the non-essentials are sitting at home, but the non-essentials can't afford anything. So the price might come up some, but who's going to buy it? 
And can the companies even operate that price? So way to fix it is to open up. And if we, you know, the longer this goes, um, the longer this goes, the worse the storage problem is going to be because when we come back, there's no guarantee that even if, even if the, the, you know, the feds and the states open up, there's no guarantee that, that the demand will be a one-to-one like it was before, right? So it could be less demand just naturally, less jobs, you know, less people going on vacation or whatever. So you couldn't actually see a downtick in demand because these people don't have money or they're scared to go do something, which means that going to the storage would actually take longer uh, than it normally would. Well, my uh, my superb enunciation skills, uh, when I said change the status, it's actually called uh, change the method of operation. That's what the official term is. So energy transfer is trying to get a approval to change the method of operation for those two lines. Uh, we have a article also that came out. Um, it, it reminds me. So we're looking at all this stuff, Ryan. So we got the, the three-star uh, review a couple weeks ago. And... Uh, big thing was is we weren't finding the good news <laughs> that was before oil hit negative 37 so uh you know the the as, as we see all this play out we what i what i can say is that we were we were right in our pessimism um mm-hmm. we were right mm-hmm. and the reason we weren't finding good news is because we were seeing good news and calling it bs basically right it's sack of crap is what it was so uh, <laughs> so, uh, so we just you know we, we could report on it but there's, there's no way forward in the very short term. Like I'm, I'm with you. I think by, by March next year, I think oil is going to be much higher. And I think that the prices are going to, um, I think they're going to take a steep in, increase way before then. I say way before. Mm-hmm. By the end of the year, prices are going to be higher than what they're projecting. I would be willing to. Um, Assuming we open things back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I think we are because uh, if you just look at just Texas right now, their unemployment, they're, they're, Spending anywhere between five to seven hundred million dollars a week on unemployment right now. I don't know how much the help they're getting from the feds on this, but it's not a lot. They're going to have to take out a loan. They're running. I saw a report said they're running out of money. So it, there are multiple states that are going to be that are going to be running out of money, and they're going to have to borrow money from the federal government in order to keep paying this stuff. And it's going to start happening at a clip because uh, so. I looked at the 08, 09 recession stuff, uh, numbers from the Texas side. And for a six month period, they're going to eclipse that in about three weeks now. So compared to the 08, 09, Texas is going to eclipse that in three to four weeks uh, is what it's going to take for them to pay as much as they did over that whole six month period. And that was a recession that was pretty tough. So that is significant. Uh, the amount of money that they're blowing. So they got to open up the economy there. I mean, there's just no way, not just from the oil side, just, just from people not being, I saw credit card debts, not being paid mortgage forbearance and stuff's all time highs. I mean, there is a lot going on. They got to open up the economy or this whole thing is going to get nasty. Yeah. Let's talk about that, Josh. We haven't, I don't know if we've talked too much about kind of our thoughts on the, the COVID thing from the beginning. We've, touch around the impacts of it. You know, my, my stance um, has been um, is to leave things as they were. And if you wanted to do something, maybe take the, the endangered, you know, the high risk group 65 and up and maybe, you know, organ donor list or some folks that are vulnerable, something like that, but a, a pretty defined list and say, okay, well, we will kind of support you folks for a few months. And the reason I said that is because there's, you know, there's a, there's a certain demographics that are more vulnerable than others. A, 
Um, and when, if you get it and you're in, you know, if you're 78 and you you're in bad health and you get the coronavirus, it's probably going to kill you. If Josh and I get it, the odds are it's not going to kill us. Um, the odds are actually probably asymptomatic, yeah, um, but, but we could get it. We could kill us, but it's just not, it's not, not, not risky. So that's been my stance from the beginning. And that's still my stance to this day. Um, and what's, what's frustrating now, Josh, is you, you said they had to open it up. And, and so I was going to say to the listeners, here's, here's kind of your options. I'm not saying you have to have my stance on the virus. I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. Um, a friend of mine sent me the other day that he was concerned. Um, someone told him that there, that there won't be a vaccination for two or three years, uh, that, that the virus might, might have mutated, and that it's not going anywhere and, and all this stuff. Um, to that, I would say, if you think the virus is here to stay, then we absolutely should not continue to shut down because we're not getting rid of it. And the flatten the curve, just to be clear, was never about less people getting it. It was a longer period for everyone to get it. Right, Josh? Yep. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's not flattening the curve does not mean less people get it. Now you start thinking, well, how does that work itself out? And I'm just telling you, that's what they say. I'm, that's just what they're saying. That flattening the curve does not mean less people get it. It means it just takes longer. So you have less deaths over, oh, you know, over, over a short period of time, over a long period. Uh, you have the same amount of deaths, but spread out, or the same amount of ICU visits, but spread out. Um, and so that's, that's the debate. So if you think that it's going to go away, and you know, it's not concerned with, then open the economy back up. If you think that it's here and it's set in to stay, then folks, just think about what Josh is saying, is that um, if we don't open the economy back up, then there, we do not actually know what the path forward is because that economy um, has not been seen in our lifetime, our parents' lifetime, their, you know, their lifetime. Well, You're talking, go ahead, Josh. Uh, I mean, so let's just say, if you just, if you just run the scenario out here with, if the government keeps printing money and keeps giving it to states, people are not working. Uh, people need to realize, I mean, just at just a basic level, the value of the dollar is going down as less services are being um, provided. Right. So mm -hmm. if, if you have a dollar that could buy you a hotel room and all the hotel rooms go bankrupt, well, dollars can no longer buy hotel rooms because now, so as services begin to decrease, the value of the dollar begins to go down. It, it, and, and as they print money, it's just from a just from a standpoint of if they print two trillion dollars, then they just the dollar goes down as well. The dollar goes down as well, just from just from inflation standpoint. So if 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 this process continues to go unchecked, you're going to have from two sides the value of the dollar going down as more and more and more money is being printed, and less and less people are actually able to work and and provide service. Um, and and there's only a certain amount of time the government can just print money without any service to correspond to that money. So if, if somebody's not working to provide a service, but money is still going, going out, there's only a certain amount of time that's going to happen before the value of the dollar starts to plummet, kind of like Venezuela style. Um, mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fear monger. I don't think that's going to happen. I think honestly, right now, all the news I'm seeing, people are like, we got to open this thing back up. Uh, so I, I do believe that that is the path forward. You just have some idiots in, in politics and, and on the news that don't seem to get the implications well, of, of. Yeah, I, I would just say this. So if you're scared and you're scared, this is going to kill you. Uh, I, I can sympathize with that. I don't know all of our listeners and their ages and their demographics or, you know, they might have cancer and they might, you know, there might be things going on. So I'm not, I, I want to be very careful what I'm saying here. I'm not speaking that the virus is not deadly. It, for certain demographics, especially, it is extremely deadly. For the rest, it's really not that. What I'm saying is, 
if you're in the demographic that is not dead, like this is whatever percentage of our audience that is, and you're concerned about getting back to life as normal, understand this, that if you believe what the World Health Organization is saying now, which is that, you know, you can get it once and you can get it again, which is kind of a new revelation almost for viruses. Most people say that, you know, we get a new flu every year, a different cold, all this stuff. So if you, if you think that, then there is no reason not to get back to work because you're, the vaccine at best case scenario would take a year. It could take longer and it might never come. So um, I just want people to stop and think about the, the, the impact and it's not, and people make this argument where you're saying, well, you're one for people to lose their life. And what I, what I would simply submit is um, what you're getting at Josh is that if the global economy shuts down for months and months and months on end, it continues. Uh, there will be loss of life. It's just not the type that you're thinking about. And that is something that we can work towards and prevent. So I know it's a controversial topic. I know people, uh, have very strong opinions on it. Um, I'm just simply saying my stance before you can ask Nate, you can ask my friends was, was let it go. If you want to make a compromise, certain demographics, give them a few months worth of, uh, you know, living expenses. The reality would be though, that they would still be vulnerable at some point, right? Cause it's not going away like that. Um, but you know, if you want to kind of give it a few months to kind of let it permeate through the culture and see what happens. Okay. That's a better compromise. Um, but at this point, you know, we we're joking about the governor and Abbott and, uh, and Todd Staples, but at this point, there's really not much of a of an answer to these problems. And the only thing I'll say is, Josh, for you, uh, real quick, is the the good thing about printing money is that everyone's printing money around the world. So at least at least it's not the U.S. which is acting uniquely. So you might get some kind of rebalance. Um, everywhere is inflation. Everywhere. So we we it's not like we're we're unique in that. So yeah. it is a concern. Um, but I, and I even heard this morning, I don't know who it was. Uh, maybe I read an article and it was, someone was talking about this idea. Uh, and I, I kind of talked about this with you offline is that we might have to kind of have a, a global reset for the, the debt markets because you're going to have the, you know, so out of whack. And I, I saw someone today that was alluding that it might just have to come to something like that because, um, the trajectory is you know, off the rails right now. Mm. Well, I, I, I certainly acknowledge that this is uncharted territory. So there's a lot of economic books out there, but I don't know if there's a, there's some basic things and points that we're making that are incontrovertible. But I, I think, I think in general, there are some ways of considering this that, that are relatively new. Macro solutions, not micro, yeah. right? Because it doesn't mean for my company or the listener's company or their job, it doesn't mean it's going to fix their problem. It's just saying that without this, this is the best way to fix the most problems. Um, and without this, we're, we're going to take a beat and probably get a few more one-star reviews for that. Well, just one, one last thing, one last thing, Ryan. So before, before we jump off, just in case we do get more one-star reviews, may as well earn them. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the news, there's not a lot of talk about the age, uh, the age vulnerabilities of the coronavirus. So like in New York, uh, this was back April 14th. So there's a lot more deaths, but I think there was like 6,000 or so at the time. And it was saying between zero and 17 deaths, there were like three total. And those three had underlying, underlying conditions. And then from mm. like 17 to 55, it was like a hundred or 137 mm. or something like basically you have zero risk if you're under 50 and are healthy. And I say zero, I don't want to say zero because people yeah, are going to take me out of minimal. context. It's minimal. It's very it's minimal. minimal. Um, if you look at the amount of people that are dying in nursing homes, it's astronomical. So that's why we're, we're acknowledging that it's, a deadly disease for a specific demographic and a, a, a proper quarantine or a proper response from the government. If, if you want the government to get involved because they're so incompetent, but if they do, that would have been the people to go after would have been them. So I, I, I just, I wanted to say 
what you're saying, Ron, is not being talked about in the media. So people aren't actually aware of who is vulnerable to the disease right now. So if you're going to get one star reviews, go check some of that first. Um, just to 11,000 people, 11,000 people in nursing, nursing homes, the 36 states have died. 11,000 of whatever we're at, 50,000, 55,000, whatever the number is right now, I don't know what it is, um, have died in nursing homes. And so, what's that, 20, 20%? And so you start, yeah, I don't know what the number, I don't know what the, I, don't, I hate to say, I don't know what the current death toll is, but yes, it's, so you just say, well, okay, well, in the nursing home, pe- folks in nursing homes, I've had loved ones in nursing, home, nursing homes, so have you, you know, we, we understand that those are really vulnerable people as it is. And so it's yeah, not, it's I, w- I want to, I want to protect them. Like I, I, I want to take, I want to take measures for them, but making me stay home so that I can't provide for my family or shutting down the economy that's going to end up affecting that nursing home at some point in the future. Uh, it's, 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 it's not, a, it's, it's not, yeah, they have to yeah. eat just because of COVID-19 and, doesn't mean they don't have to eat. I got to eat. My kids got to eat. We all got to eat. So, I mean, COVID-19 doesn't remove our need to, to. And the, the final thing I, I just want, I'll ask you, Josh, and I'll let Nate weigh in here as well, is that these numbers about the percentage of death rate, I believe when we were talking about this before it hit over here now, and I want to address something with China in a second. Um, I was saying, we all seem to agree that this, this was the death rate. Basically, obviously you, you as it expanded, it's, it's, um, you have kind of, um, you know, maybe tick a number here, tick a number here, but this was not something new to the United States. Coronavirus. This was what you were seeing. And the reason I point that out is because there's been a lot of talk about the Chinese, um, lying about their numbers, and obviously that doesn't surprise me one bit. We're lying about our numbers too. Everyone's lying about their numbers. Um, but 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 this this was not this was never in question um, of who it was, and so it's it's a little frustrating for uh, folks like Josh and myself that that we've kind of followed this thing, and this was very predictable on a lot of levels. And um, and anyways, so we'll we'll get off that. But I think that that we needed to probably address that, and we might get fifteen one star reviews. People are mad. I'm sorry, but. You have to understand that th- this this was never in doubt. This was always what it was going to be. Um, it was just about you know what kind of risk you're going to take, and we've 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 chosen the country has chosen this path, and now it's time to realize okay that's the path we chose. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. So uh, even if you believe the worst of the worst about the coronavirus, the worst of the worst, it's 30 mutations. We'll never have a vaccination. Then okay, then there's no reason to keep doing this because. We're all going to get it at some point and some of us are going to die. So let's just go with it. Yeah. Let's get back to work. All right. Uh, U.S. fracking set for biggest ever monthly drop. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that's pretty, pretty clear. Um, news there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, that, when did that article come out? April 24th, Friday. April 24th, Friday. And see, yeah. These these yeah. are COVID-19 days here, boy, because that, that, mm-hmm. these are some long days. It must be like 28 mm-hmm. years in each day. Uh, there's an article that came out, too, uh, before we comment on the other one. Sheffield, Permian will continue, but at a slower pace. So he make, makes a comment in there that the worst he's ever seen was in 1986, but this okay. is worse. I comment on that. I was only one. <laughs> yeah, I can't comment on that either. Uh, so he says he's gone through six downturns, and this is the worst that he's ever been a part of. This is Sheffield. Uh, I agree with him. I, I, I think I said that with the day the Russians, <laughs> the day the Russians. This is this is going to be bad. Yeah, and it, it, it's been so fast. It's been so fast, and that's what we can't even measure time. We're like, oh, last week was when the Black Money deal happened. God, that was. 
like that was forever ago you know it's so it's been so crazy go ahead sorry no uh yeah that's interesting i i'm, I'm thinking about back monday uh i actually had a call uh with some folks monday at lunchtime and my phone kept dinging um, mm -hmm. so i got mm -hmm. a ding all's at 12 ding all's at nine ding all's at five it's like oh my so i'm in the middle of the call like my eyes get big and i'm talking to the people i was like old just dropped below five dollars and their eyes got big and i was like oh my goodness and so i started pulling up on my phone while i'm talking to them <laughs> zero negative one negative five so it was yeah alan and i were recorded when that happened oh yeah, and it was yeah, like, yeah word, oh my yeah. great yeah <laughs> burn the mics shut this down <laughs> Yeah, so uh, he's, he's right. So we we've been critical of the man. He's right here. Yeah, so there there is a, there is a part here that's interesting. Let me see what he said. Um, the super majors already president of the region, BP, Chevron, Exxon, Shell will still be here, but he said there would be seventy five percent fewer independent producers. They'll still be around, but they'll be so over leveraged they'll be spending their time fighting the banks and public debt markets. Pioneer will be one of the companies still standing uh we'll be one of the few independents left we have a great balance sheet and we're strong so i i like how i like how he said that though you know so he's most of them are going to be doing this the majors everyone else and we're gonna be with the majors <laughs> <laughs> he does say that wti should average 32 um and 36 and in, uh, in 2022 but he also so, but he also that's all based on he said it that it's not going to open back up until the vaccine's out and that's going to take 18 months so all of his numbers are with that assumption he's he's modeling like fauci and those guys he has that one key assumption there's markets are not going to completely open until the vaccine mm -hmm. therefore oil is going to stay at 32 until 2022. well I, yeah i'd have to see why um what he thinks is going to happen until 2022 because if he thinks that the economy is going to be slightly more opened up than it is now until 2022 then yeah oh won't come ever come back because no one can afford to buy if that's if that's what he's actually saying if he's saying that the economy will be opened up um fully but because people's response is they just they're afraid to go out um and you know they're all working from home and so you see you see a, a an open economy that's that's working is this less demand because of the way the new economy works that's a different argument i'd be i'd be curious what what he thinks about that but um oh because it's i mean yeah it's hard I, to imagine I, that, I, that 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 go ahead well i mean and so i there, there's some funny there's some funny memes going around like they took they sent out a picture like uh the people at the beach in arizona Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like millions of people on the beats and people were actually uh, oh you talking about california or maybe it wasn't arizona there's not there's not a beach oh okay but was, well okay epic, yeah, trolls, like, like, epic trolls okay, so okay. some of the some of the people that were for the people opening back up kind of fell for yeah. it so okay uh so i, I laughed to my side hurts idiot <laughs> but um <laughs> but yeah so i i there's a possibility like you said there's going to be people that are nervous and i think they will be nervous based on china's response for for a little while but it's summertime i i got a i got a feeling that people are are, are going to be eager to get out uh I mean, i'm thinking about i'm thinking about going to a beach somewhere just just to support the cause you know it's completely selfish mm -hmm. altruistic uh desires to benefit the economy no personal enjoyment involved just go to the beach <laughs> just go suffer through yeah suffer through the, the beach, beach you know, martinis and coronas uh enjoy the last days of a 
economy that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you, you're gonna take one for the team. We we appreciate that. So that's nice. Yeah. It's I, I do. I I am interested to see because the U.S. is the largest oil and gas, um, you know, the most demand. But you know, it's not here. You could see significant. Um, you know, you look at like India, which has a lot of impoverished people. Um, and so they're, they're, they're under shutdown. So they don't have a ton of demand, um, that, that, that's falling off there, relatively speaking, but there, there is, there is some concern, but, um, the, the food market, I know we're not a food market show, but you kind of look what's going on in the food market. There, there's things that are happening and you just sit there and go, well, I don't know. I just don't know what's going to happen with these things, uh, when it opens back up. But I do think some folks will be reluctant, reluctant to get out, Josh. I do agree with that. It's going to depend on how long the government will continue to, print money to keep people to stay at home, right? So the government quits um, quits sending out unemployment checks or uh, these grants or what, what's the- um, Stimulus checks, like $600 a week right. or yeah, something stimulus, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, they, quit, they, quit, they quit sending out that kind of stuff or, or whatever. At some point, then eventually people will have to go back to work and whether they want to or not. So- Yeah. So there's an article here, Trump developing plan to aid oil industry despite opposition. Uh, so Mnuchin, one of the components we're looking at is providing a lending facility for the industry. We're looking at a lot of different options, but not, have, have not made any conclusions. And then uh, Trump said he suggested Friday that one option would be to buy oil at a great price into the future. So basically a hedge, um, buying a hedge. And I don't know what that price would be. That's the problem is where do you hedge it? I mean, if you go hedge it at $30, I don't know if that's, it's better than 12, right. but it's not. Right. So yeah. What does that, yeah, what, you're right. What does that mean? A, a great price for who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can buy it at a, a $60 a barrel. Okay. Well then we're all back to work. Are you going to buy it at $10 a barrel? Cause that's a good price for the American consumer. Yeah. Like that's a good price for Americans just to buy it at, you know, whatever it is now. Um, and $30 isn't enough to really make that big of a difference. So, what what does it what does that even mean? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be beneficial for a company to say, let's buy it at thirty dollars for the next eighteen months. It's like, no, that that that's not going to work. So yeah, well, that's the question, and, and th right? And think through that. So you, you start saying, well, there's a storage issue, and um, you know they're trying to figure it out, and so the government's going to buy some of that maybe um, and put it in some kind of SPR deal. Yeah, I, I don't. I think that there, there's 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 several things at play here. First off, is the Trump administration going to pay plus $50 per barrel? If they're going to do that, it's not safe to assume, but it's more likely, you're more likely to understand, uh, believe that folks are going to go back to work and things are going to get going. The problem is, is that actually keeps the, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know how that actually helps the the, the market rebalance because we're just going to keep building strategic petroleum reserves and just keep filling that up over and over and over again. We're not going to sell it to the market. Can they sell some to the market, some to the reserves? What producers, you, you kind of get into these, these questions and, you know, uh, you know, how many barrels can they actually buy? And, and that's really costly. I mean, you start thinking about 10 million barrels a day and you buying that for $50 a barrel, you start doing the math on that. It gets really crazy. So I don't, I don't know. And the, but the, the, the thing is, is that there is a way, they could, I say help, they could um, help the producers, but they don't help the oil field service workers, folks like me and you and probably a lot of our listeners. And so I don't, this is when, you, I don't think Trump even 
has the whereabouts to think through that. It's too complicated. I'm not saying that I got it. I'm just saying that you're going to say the old industry. Well, who does that actually include? Is that just the, the company man? What about all the what about all the vendors who are losing their jobs? Um, and so, how do you balance that out? And if you want to pay fifty fifty five dollar oil, the, the the U.S. economy just can. I mean, the, the U.S. government can just print the money, sure. But how long does that go on for, Josh? I mean, you would have to have. Um, then it they start buying at fifty fifty five or forty five. We'll say maybe in four. Let's say forty. They buy it at forty. That kind of fixes a lot. You know, some companies. Um, but does that save them from bankruptcy? What if they buy it for forty and then? Uh, it's still not enough to get this company out of bankrupt. I mean, you know, you start getting into the weeds here, and it just seems like well, I don't want anybody to lose their job. It seems like a bad, bad well, idea. Well, let, let me let me throw this out there. I'm not going to name any names, but I know at least one, maybe two people that have decided to quit their job for the year because they're making more money now than they were before COVID-19. Not working. I need that deal. I need yeah. that deal. The deal available? I'll take that deal. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's just take for a second let's just think about this so with with people that are doing that how many people are working making x amount right now seeing their buddies take basically get paid the same amount to not work like how long does that last for they get pissed mm -hmm. uh, you know it's like mm -hmm. i tell you right now if i'm out there uh working uh, cutting grass or, or doing this stuff and, and working my tail off every day, you know, 10, 10 hour days. And mm -hmm. got a buddy that's laying on the couch playing Xbox all day and he's making the same amount of money. I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm gonna get fired yeah. up. You know, the, the, the issue would be, and this, this might be the point where hopefully people understand, uh, the ethical things around this because people with the person that's working is going to be happier. The person that's on playing Xbox, yeah, he's going to be happy at some level, but he's also going to be, you know, headed toward depression and things. And, because he's not working and that brings a lot of satisfaction, but also from the standpoint of, well, when the government stops sending these checks, the man that's been cutting the grass for a while is still going to have a business. The other guy's going to be out, out of luck. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so, I mean, there are some things like that to consider, but I just don't know how that's going to impact. I don't know how that that's going to impact the economy with. Yeah, I, I mean, you just have to think through it and say, is he going to buy, I mean, it, I know we got to get to the roundup. We're out of time here, but let me just throw out a couple of things. And listeners would love your feedback. Let's just say, make up a number here. I'm going to say $50 a barrel because we can kind of generally agree that most producers can survive at 50. I don't know right now if they could if it came back just because of their, the problems they're in. But let's just hypothetically say he was going to say $50 a barrel. Okay. So is he buying every barrel you produce at $50 a barrel? Okay, because if he's not, then what incentive do you have to produce the barrels that are selling for you know ten or twelve or fifteen? Uh, you might be hedged at thirty, but what incentive do you have to 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 do that? And how do you how does the Trump administration balance out um, what wells pay fifty and what wells pay thirty? Do you send the government the best quality oil that you have or the least quality oil that you have? Right, because you might say, send the gov this uh, this junk stuff. This is you know it's got a uh, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's where the market's at right now. It's API graded as good as other stuff. So I'm sent to them. So then the American, then the American people are buying the less quality stuff. Um, so those are just a couple of issues. And then you say, well, okay. So they're going to pay the producers to produce the oil at 50. So then the pipeline companies. Okay. So the, the vendors can then go back to work. Um, so the vendors are now benefiting from this as well. At what point does the Trump administration say, well, the oil market is naturally back to 50? 
because taking all of the oil off the market that the U.S. produces would help that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree. If we could all go uh, sell it to Mars or something, that would actually help the market rebalance. But is the U.S. government then going to start selling this oil back to the market when the price starts to come back up to recoup some of their, their losses? Because then that would put the price back down. So you, you start just kind of thinking through, and there's way smarter people who come with all kinds of other problems. You start, but you start just kind of thinking through it, Josh, and it's like, okay, yeah, there's no way, there's no way that they can actually do this. There's, a, It's just not possible, and it sucks, and I hate it, but we just – Companies got to quit drilling, um, and they've got to decide when that's best for them. They got to take that risk. That's their risk to take. They, the, the shareholders of the publicly traded companies have entrusted the CEOs to do that. Um, they're privately held companies are backed by PE funds, probably, and so the PE groups entrusted them. Um, and so those companies have to make their decisions. And it doesn't mean they're going to make the right decision, but they have to make it. That's what they're there for. And we're going to have to live with, live with the results. But trying to go and buy oil at a fake price for I mean, it's just so many issues. Final thing I'll say is, let's just say they set a price, and there's only a certain amount of barrels that they that they um, that they bought. Well, that may not mean anything for new production, right? So, um, you know, Josh Shelton, EP, could say, "Oh, well, I've got you know the Trump administration buy 30% oil. I've got 30% production. I can sell to them right now. So, there's no new work going on because of that. So, it you know, doesn't even fix the problem. So, the regulations would be written for that. Anyway, so enough that round. I know we get the roundup, but it's just that's one of those things it's just like man when you get in the weeds it's just not practical yeah. best option open her up best option. open her up and we got i mean i i, I say some people have advocated for companies to, 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 to quit drilling i'm not advocating for the quit drilling i'm advocating for the company to do what's best for the company obviously it would be nice if companies quit drilling because you have less barrels on, on the market but i'm not going to tell the, the which company should quit drilling or all the companies that quit drilling or any of that because i'm not in their books and i'm not running those companies but um, yeah, so companies, companies will quit drilling because they can't afford it. So that will, it's just going to happen. All right. You mentioned the roundup, Ryan. We got four articles here. I'm going to run through these real quick. So Chenier pledges 1 million to battle pandemic. Uh, I'm going to just link that. Uh, we're going to link that in the show notes. Uh, big oil investors to look past earnings pain and focus on dividends. So uh, Exxon, you know, the shell, the, the majors are, are looking at dividends right now. Uh, there's a company, Equinor, Equinor, I'm probably butchering that, surprised the market on Thursday by becoming the first big oil company to cut its dividends, slashing its first quarter payout by two thirds and suspending five billion share buyback program. So I, I suspect this is something they're doing to help. Uh, protect their stock. I think Oxy did this though, didn't they? Didn't we see Oxy cut their dividend? Well, they lost. Yeah, Oxy lost so much money that they couldn't afford to pay it. They had to reduce it. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. So yeah. Uh, th- this would be you know kind of looking forward, and so uh, companies are looking at dividends now. Uh, Saudis begin curbing oil output. So everyone knows, uh, I suppose, about the meeting. They're supposed to drop from twelve million to eight point five million barrels a day. Um, they are doing that. Um, again, this is only going to have any effect. If they open, if all these economies open back up, which I see across the the world that that many are in that process of reopening, so I hope uh, hope that that continues to to unfold. And last one, U.S. Silica announces salary reductions for top executives. Many companies have been lowering the salaries of their CEOs. Um, this is something that ha- that's happening with Silica, and I think it's going to you know, continue to roll roll all the way down. Um, you know the industry 
Yeah, and I'll just say this before we get off. Um, earnings are coming out this week. I just just saw Boeing um, said, this is the Boeing CEO, says air travel recovery would could take two to three years um, to recover. Um, the company is doubly challenged by the 737. Cancellations for the max. And I want to say, let's see here. I want to say that. When it does recover, the commercial market will be smaller. Um, and I want to say I saw they're cutting their dividend as well completely. Yeah, before, before companies are paying dividends. Oh, it would be years before the company starts paying dividends again. So they're predicting no dividends the next few years. Another thing I will say for listeners, uh, one of the companies I like to follow when economic times are uncertain is Caterpillar uh, because they kind of have you know their hands in the industrial space around the world. Caterpillar's earnings will be out I think close of business tomorrow or Wednesday, well, Tuesday or Wednesday, because when you get this, I think they're coming out next day or two. Um, so, but Caterpillar's earnings will, will tell you what's going on in China and all over the place because, you know, they got equipment all over the world. So it's kind of a, an interesting company to follow, especially when you're trying to look at maybe macro trends of, of the economy. And so you can look at it now and then you can look at it at the end of the next quarter, kind of see what's happened. What's, what, what is Caterpillar seeing as far as um, actual boots on the ground, equipment being rented and, um, and, uh, and stuff like that. So that's just a little little tidbit of a company I like to follow when um, I'm trying to figure out maybe a, more of a macro approach to things. So they might not have good results now, but at least but you can have something to compare it to in a few months. Final thing is five-star reviews. We would appreciate them. You know, I thought about, nothing about it. Steffi for, for president, that's the roast. That's the, that's the roast. But well played, you know. That was a roast. That was the roast. <laughs> what a joke. Oh, they played you, Steph. You thought you had a fan, but they played you. Yeah. Stephanie for president. So, oh, that's a good roast there. I did not see that coming. So, um, five-star reviews. We would appreciate it, folks. Um, try to keep your head up. Keep going. It is tough out there. I know. Hopefully, things will begin to open back up. Hopefully, hopefully around the world, not just here in the great state of Texas. And, uh I will put this, I'll send this to Nate. There is a thing on Twitter with a fake video of Trump and Kim Jong-un having lunch. And so it just pulled up. So yeah. the internet's the best. So we'll, we'll include that if you need a little laugh in your day. Uh, until next time, keep going. <laughs>